you know, imagine your biggest challenge right now. Are you imagining it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Coach Now, just imagine, just consider the possibility that it just, it flies away. It just disappears. How do you mm. feel? How would you feel if it just disappeared? Hey, everybody. Last week, I got to sit down with one of our most tenured tutors here, Liz Mazzola. She's been with us for about 10 years now, and she is a killer test prep tutor, um, ISE, SSAT, SAT, ACT, GRE, even GMAT. She does really well with students who have test anxiety or things get kind of built up in their mind more than uh, the challenge really deserves. Um, and the thing that I wanted to talk to her about was her other superpower, which is coaching. So Liz has been a mentor for her whole life. She's worked with big brothers and big sisters for a really long time. Mentoring is a really important part of her life in general. She's also a certified mindfulness coach. And when she works with our students in a coaching capacity, she just enables these amazing transformations where young people are really taking ownership of the lives they want to lead and their relationship to their education. So I'm really excited to introduce Liz to you all and have her share some of the things that she does with students in the hopes that maybe you can do some of this with your your kids as well. So Liz, thank you so much for spending a little time with me. Um, I always really enjoy talking with you because I feel like I learned so much, not just about you, but about What's going on with kids these days? Um, I'm a little removed from it, um, but you're yeah. you're deep in the heart of it. So uh, thank you again for joining me. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm happy to be so here. So I'm curious if we could just start with you telling us a little bit about how you got into this work. I actually started, I guess you could say, in in college. I was helping my friends with their homework and realized that I was really good at that. Uh -huh. <laughs> and um, and then that evolved into proctoring tests because my friend was doing it and said they needed some help. And then I learned more about test prep and then also learned about how I'm a great candidate for coaching and what parts of my personality actually really help me with coaching and connecting with people. So, That's so interesting. Um, what can you say more yeah. about that? What what parts of your personality do make you a, a good fit for coaching to be a coach? Yeah, I think I'm really kind almost to mm. a fault. However, <laughs> I know how to, so I'm very careful with my words and how I word things, especially for mm. students that are like are a little more like, I guess you could say sensitive or just, mm -hmm. you know, really matter how you phrase things in front of them. Yeah. But also because I'm a little bit of a chameleon, I really bring up and teach something to someone very differently depending on who I'm speaking to and mm. what their learning style is and the communication style that's most effective for them. So I think the, those are a few things. Also, 
I think I just pivot really well as things come up in sessions that you can't expect Mm. and to kind of figure out, okay, does this change our trajectory or what our priorities are? Um, and understanding that that can change at any time. Also stickers and stickers. <laughs> yes. Stickers. I think that always helps. That's so great. Um, yeah, I think your assessment of, of those strengths of yours are, are really spot on. I want to come back to like how you figure out what mm-hmm. someone's learning style or communication style might be. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, can you just give us your kind of 30-second definition of what coaching is in the way that we do it at Signet? Sure. Basically, we figure out exactly what are the main challenges. And I've done a lot with executive function coaching specifically. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Lots of students with, you know, those challenges really need that in order to Mm -hmm. thrive. So Mm -hmm. it's basically creating this kind of catalyst environment to give them the tools that they need um, to succeed and feel more like themselves or where they want to be. So trying to get people there with strategies and structure um, while also customizing it to everyone because everyone's so different. Yeah. So you mentioned executive function challenges. That's definitely a a big thing we see often. Uh, Mm -hmm. What other kinds of challenges have you worked on with your students? I think I have worked a little bit with, since I'm a certified mindfulness teacher, I also sometimes throw in based on what I'm picking up in our sessions, certain mindfulness challenges that could help them greatly. Um, Mm -hmm. For instance, one of my students now, she really is challenged by how she works through frustration. And Mm -hmm. that kind of holds her back sometimes. And so I've given her a little bit of insight and a mindfulness challenge relating to dealing with that more productively. Yeah. So that's like, that's a good example. That's a great example. Mindfulness um, related goals. Yeah. And you don't have to go into detail about that particular student, of course, but I don't think she came in or her parents came in saying, our kid doesn't know how to deal with frustration. Right. I'm sure that's something you uncovered. With her. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell us about that process? How do you go about figuring out what those challenges are? Sure. I think because I'm really, I'm not I'm the opposite of a person that has like tunnel vision. Mm. I kind of see things more holistic, big picture. And um, so even if we're working through something, maybe it's even just working on their homework or Um, working through a plan of a to-do list for that week, maybe. Maybe other things that they're bringing up about their day is really sticking with me and how they've Mm. delivered that information, just how they phrase things and patterns that I see across different sessions. I pick up on those things. And, And then sometimes I'll pitch to a student, like I've 
I've seen this pattern kind of start to come up. What are your thoughts on learning some strategies and us experimenting with what might help get to the next level with that challenge? That's and how do they typically respond? Typically, they agree with me. They're like, oh, yeah, that's something we should work on. Like, oh, it's it's taken you three sessions to realize that? I don't know how you didn't pick that up on day one or something. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting, too, because, you know, you mentioned this example of a, a student really struggling with the way they deal with their frustration when they encounter it. That might not normally be seen as an academic challenge, but it's mm-hmm. absolutely something that impacts their ability to perform at school, or like you were saying earlier, be who they want to be. Yeah. And because even though it, you know, falls under the umbrella of academic coaching, but it's still with the mindset of like, let's help them become the person that they want to be, Mm -hmm. even outside of school, because Mm -hmm. it affects just their life quality. Yeah. And I I will say, I think that's one of the big things that differentiates sort of the Signet academic coaching program from a lot of others, right? Right. You're not going to come in and say, here's a calendar. Here's how you use a calendar. You're really spending time to get to know these students and all the various aspects of their life that they are motivated to make improvements around or changes Mm -hmm. around so that they can have a happier, healthier, more balanced life, whatever their goals might be. Yeah. Um, and I love that you bring in that the mindfulness training that you have to help students. I know that also helps your test prep students when they're dealing For with sure. test anxiety, which is also super common. Can you say a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah. I mean, under timed conditions, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like most people get stressed and some people really benefit from understanding and practicing strategies that help like reel in that anxiety mm-hmm. and respond to it productively so that they can slide through that test as best as possible. So that's something that comes up and definitely throws them forward towards their goals. If that's mm-hmm. if that's one of their challenges, that's definitely a big part of what we should focus on. Now, I feel like you have developed a particular specialty around working with like 13, 14 year old girls. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important, especially just sort of in this moment of heightened mental health crises for adolescents. And we've seen research that shows us it's, it's far worse for, for young women than, than for um, young men, though there Mm -hmm. are challenges of course there too. I'm curious if you can talk to us about, Um, what you're seeing, and some of the things that you've seen have been helpful for your teenage girl students. Sure. I think the fact that I am always trying to communicate in a way that's direct, but kind, and infusing some humor in there, (laughs) and some fun, and going at the pace that works best for them. I'm not, Mm -hmm. like, so focused and... Um, set on a particular outcome or pace because it's all about them and what works best for them. I think them understanding that they have a really good listener that's here to help, that's a team player, that gets anxious too and Uh gets stressed, you know, and like, let's use these strategies together so that we both feel better, you know, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I think 
I think I can relate with some of the things that they're going through, even though I'm not close to that age, but mm -hmm. I think I'm also have moments where I'm like a kid inside. And so we can kind of hopefully feel like, even though I'm teaching them that sometimes we have these like peer moments, you know, yeah. and really having a good time and enjoying. That's, that's so important together. for, I mean, I remember when I was that age, what I would have done for, to have a mentor like you at that time, to have any mentor, really, yeah. that kind of understood me and put my uh, well-being and my own goals first. One of the things we do in coaching is like, you don't have an agenda, right? It's an agenda right. that you've co-created with the student. Like, what exactly. are the things that they are they feel are really important, and the challenges that they're seeing? Because those are mm -hmm. the things they're willing to work on. There's right. certainly challenges they don't understand that they have yet, but you can't start there, right? Right. Um, let's talk about some of the transformations you've seen with your students. Like, give us an example of where somebody started, and mm -hmm. where they got to, and the kinds of things that they did to help them get there? Yeah, one of my past students, uh, we immediately connected. And we initially were just doing test prep together, actually. <laughs> but we were realizing that as we were working through the test prep, that she was really having a hard time focusing and sticking to the pacing rules and everything. And I could, I could just sense that we didn't tap into something there mm. and that we really needed to hold that space. And so I, I had a conversation with mom and we kind of increased the scope of what we were working on to do mm -hmm. some coaching and some test prep. And we kind of worked through lots of these focus challenges, perfection challenges, and also anxiety challenges mm. and we're able to work towards all of those things and by the way when i met her she literally said i hate math mm -hmm. and um after we worked together for i guess it was a few months something like that she said i actually enjoy math i was like whoa whoa when we first met is that I just don't want you to hate it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, even if we just bring it down a notch and yeah. you feel more confident with it, that's okay with me. No, she enjoys it. That's amazing. So in that work, like, it's not like you were teaching her math. So what do you think changed? I think, like, her relationship to math was challenged and revised. Mm. Yeah. Like, where um, she got that story from. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Reminds me of some other feedback we got from a client of yours recently who said that her daughter's using a planner on a daily basis, which, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if your kid has executive function challenges or not. To, for anyone to be using a planner on a daily basis, I think is a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, back and forth sometimes on that. And yeah. Um, it doesn't always have to be a planner. It depends on the person. There's actually mm -hmm. lots of different ways to manage your to-do list. But that one works for her. 
yeah, she had like missing assignments and had trouble just sitting down and doing the work. Like she almost Mm -hmm. had to have like a babysitter a little bit at home just to get her work done. Flash forward to now, um, she's a straight A student. Mm-hmm. And she loves checking her grades online. It's like one <laughs> of her favorite things to do. And she um, rants to me about, uh, you know, in a goofy way, about how her grade, her GPA is like only at a 95. And that's oh, like wow. atrocious, you know? Oh, my God. So she's definitely way more independent, confident. Um, and obviously her grades are showing that. And and it sounds like she's sort of taking ownership. Yeah, for which sure. Is amazing. I mean that mm-hmm. that student is a ninth grader. So for right. for that transformation to happen that early on in high school, you've essentially helped her set herself on a totally different trajectory. Yeah, and I think that's like my ultimate goal with coaching in general, regardless mm-hmm. of the goals that we set and what their challenges are and everything. I think that's the goal. Can you tell us about like, what is that process of like figuring out the right solution for whatever challenge? Sure. I mean, it usually starts with hearing more about the challenge itself, that the problem we're trying to solve, basically, and what they've tried so far. And why didn't those work? Because that's an important part of like kind of the formula, so to speak, in gathering necessary information. And then running by them a few options and what they think plays to their strengths uh, more. So I think, you know, there's lots of different ways to to manage your homework load and everything um, that's more fun and customizable for a student. Like maybe it's a bullet journal, maybe it's Google keep, which are like little post-its online. If you haven't used it before, it's actually really cool or the traditional planner. And there's other ones too. So it's just kind of trying to help them understand that it doesn't always have to have like a boring approach Mm -hmm. and that because everyone's so different, um, like let's find the right tools for you specifically. That sounds like a little bit of like investigation yeah. first, right? Like what's mm-hmm. really going on? Why didn't these things work? What was mm-hmm. standing in your way? And then experimentation. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could share with us any advice you may have for parents who maybe their kid's not quite ready to admit that there is a challenge they're Mm -hmm. facing or they're not ready to accept help. Sometimes there's a lot of shame around these things. Sure. And, And of course, the parent dynamic can get really tense because the parent ends up being like, homework police. And that's never fun. Right. Um, so what kind of advice could you give a parent in that situation? Are there small things they can do to help empower their student to start taking small steps for themselves or being more willing to accept outside help? My gut is saying that maybe asking their, their student, you know, imagine your biggest challenge right now, Are you imagining it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Coach me. Now, just imagine, just consider the possibility that it just, it flies away. It just disappears. How do Mm. you feel? How would you feel 
if it just disappeared? I mean, I, I felt immediately lighter. I felt like the muscles in my, around my heart just sort of relax. I feel like a headache kind of just went away. Like a headache that's sort of always mm-hmm. there in the back just kind mm-hmm. of went away. Well, I think that that's what kind of the feelings that you could emulate with, with coaching when mm. it's done right. And so that could help with their openness to coaching mm-hmm. if they're really facing some challenges and also letting them know that, like you were saying, Sheila, it does alleviate tension in the house. And then it doesn't give stress on their relationship and they can just Mm -hmm. focus on things that are more fun and they can bond in the way that they want to. They could be a parent instead of, you know, whatever this academic uh, police is. Right, exactly. Put down the police hat. Yeah. Right. Right. Abolitionists over here. Yeah. Can you tell us about students you've seen that are not quite ready for coaching? Like, what does that look like? What's the difference between a student who's ready for coaching and who's a student who's not? A student that's not ready for coaching is not willing to experiment with other ways to do things. And they're very, like, stuck in their own way and not mm. open to hearing someone, hearing a more maybe effective you know, productive way to do something, they just aren't having it. <laughs> mm-hmm. There definitely needs to be an openness mm-hmm. to, to bring new ideas in and to actively try things at home that we talk about. That's very important. Big, mm-hmm. big on the kind of equation to create success in coaching. Anything else? Maybe they don't see it as a problem. Okay. So I think like recognizing whatever challenges that are maybe really clear for the parents, maybe the child doesn't see it yet. Yeah. I can think of many parents who've called us who either, you know, their their child has had uh, some sort of neuropsych evaluation or academic evaluation that suggests mm-hmm. there's a learning difference or an executive function challenge. They have been told you should seek out coaching and the student is just not on the same page. Right. Right. And and right. sometimes it's because of the things you said that they don't see that there are any problems. Like there are many kids who have learning differences or a different sort of neurological profile mm-hmm. and they do very well in school. Yeah. They have figured out ways to accommodate those challenges. A lot of times aren't getting enough sleep. They're working so, so, so hard. Yeah. And they're getting great grades. So they're like, what more do you want from me? Mm -hmm. I'm getting great grades. I work really hard. And in those cases, it's like, well, there may be a way to just make things a little easier on you. Yeah. It's not always about a difference in grades. No, sometimes it's uh, actually sleeping at night. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or having like a, a school life balance, maybe. Yeah. Time for a social life. Yeah. You know, actual time that you can be on TikTok and not feel like, oh, I have this thing hanging over my head that I need to do. That's the best time on TikTok. Right. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, so sometimes there's, there's situations like that where the student just feels like so overtaxed because they are working so hard to do as well as they're doing, or even if they're not doing well in school, they're already working very hard and they think that there's not possibly any more that they could put into it. Right. Um, Coaching can really help them. Um, there are a lot of students whose parents are like, I don't care what you say, you're doing it. Mm. And they may be in that rigid mindset of like, I'm not open to trying different things. I don't see a problem here or whatever it is. And then I think there's another group of students that really does want to change, but they really struggle to follow through on things Mm. for whatever reason. Sometimes it's like you don't really believe things could change or maybe you just have like such such a an attentional challenge or an organizational right. challenge you actually like don't know how to follow through so for that last category of student like what are things that people can do or a coach could do in that situation mm-hmm. to help them through it yeah i think for some of my students we do like accountability checks mm. between our sessions to really kind of build that muscle <laughs> of yeah. theirs and to create some more routine and regimen and stuff and reinforce all those things. And I would imagine in order for you to preserve that coaching relationship, but still provide accountability, there's got to be like zero judgment. Yeah, exactly. You're never in trouble with me. Mm-hmm. You're never in trouble with me. If something goes off course or just not to plan something comes up, that's okay. Like, just let me know and I can help you uh, adjust accordingly Mm -hmm. and figure out what a new plan is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's some really valuable learnings in that. If it didn't go to plan, we need to understand why so we can make a better plan. Exactly. That's fantastic. All right, I'm going to ask you one last question Mm -hmm. and then we'll wrap it up. Um, What do you get out of coaching? I, I love getting to know new people. And I just love helping people, Mm. especially through what feels like the mightiest challenge they have ever faced. And and then feeling victorious afterwards. Like it's it's really great. And I've just um, I've built some really special connections with so many people. And and I just want to do it more and more, you know. It's addicting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that those are the same reasons that I do what I do at Signet. So yeah. it's great that we're on the same page and share those same values, Liz. Perfect. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing, you know, your story and and all of these um, details about how you approach coaching and how you're able to help students. Um, yeah. I know that I'm so grateful for what you do. And I know the parents whose students you're working with are just over the moon with the transformations that they've seen. So thank you on their behalf as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I've loved being at Signet and I can't wait for even more transformations. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. To learn more about me and my team, you can find me on LinkedIn or at SignetEducation.com. We hope to hear from you and see you next time. We'll be right back.